God, we sing that. We believe that you are the resurrected King, worthy of all honor, praise, and glory. We give that to you, Jesus, this morning. Praise you once again for your faithfulness. We praise you for being good to us. And even if we don't see it or understand it, Lord, just give us faith. Give us faith. You are our living hope today. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you today and nothing else. Be free from distraction so we can experience your goodness. We can hear from your word today. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's play the word recognition game for just a moment, just to kind of, or the term recognition moment to get us started with a lesson for today. Uh, property taxes in Parker County. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah, some need forgiveness. Once again, word recognition or term recognition, when I say this name, uh, tell me, or don't tell me, just what's the first thing that comes to your mind? John Daniels. I wish that was true of all of us. General manager for the Texas Rangers. Oh, yeah. You like those winning teams? You like those? Yes. All right. Some, some, there are probably less here, but some need forgiveness because when you hear the term John Daniels, you think right away. <clears throat> some of us do. Nancy Pelosi. Ooh. Everyone needs forgiveness. <laughs> Everyone needs forgiveness. Yep. We all need forgiveness. Every single one of us need forgiveness. There's not anyone, anyone in, the, in, in this sanctuary today or listening on the, on the internet at home today, there's not one of us that doesn't need desperately forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. We need forgiveness from sin. So when I said the, ter the word, the name Nancy Pelosi, automatically some of you really need to repent. And you really need to ask for God's forgiveness because you went to a real dark place real quick. So, let's talk about the forgiveness of sin that we have through the shed blood of Christ. Sin can fall into two categories. We have the sin of omission, and this is when we do not do what God commands us to do. And so there are certain things that the Scriptures have commanded us to do, and when we do not do those things that God has commanded us to do, then we have committed sin. That's the sin of omission. We also have the sin of commission. This is when we do what God has commanded us not to do. I think probably most of us think more in terms of the sins of commission that I would commit and, and probably less about the sins of omission, but simply when we don't do what God's told us to do or when we do what God has commanded us not to do, both categories result in the same in sin. Now, God forgives us of all of our sin when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We enter into a relationship with Him. But as time goes on, we sin again. We sin again because we are always going to be struggling with this imperfect uh, soul that we've got, body that we've got, mind that we've got, and we're going to sin. And so our relationship is always intact, but our fellowship with God is broken. 
And so we must constantly uh, ask God to forgive us of our sins so that we keep, we're good. We keep that relationship where it needs to be and we please God. But we all need forgiveness. So there's the sin of omission and the sin of commission. Omission is when uh, we don't do what God told us to do and commission is when we do what God has commanded us not to do. There's three main ways that we all sin. We sin through our thoughts, we sin through our words, and we sin through our actions. So that's how we sin. That's how what is in our heart comes out, through our thoughts, through our words, and through our deeds. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. I heard just this past week of a fellow that said that, uh, you know, he just doesn't buy this Jesus stuff. He doesn't buy the Christianity thing because uh, he just doesn't see how it could be that uh, people can believe in Jesus and be completely forgiven of their sins. It just doesn't seem to, it just doesn't seem uh, to be the way it should be. And so in his mind, as he thinks about how things are between us and, and God, you know, if we have sinned, there's got to be something out there that, that we make up for. Well, that's trouble with grace. That's his absolute trouble with grace. Remember last week we talked about trouble with grace. And, and when you look at the, the story of the woman caught in adultery, Man, you know, at some point of that story, you struggle with the grace that she was given. And it, that, that John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11 there is not in some of the earliest manuscripts. And one of the reasons why that is so is because the people who were transcribing those manuscripts looked at that story and said that they were afraid that Jesus appears to be so, too soft on adultery in, in, in that story. And so they said, you know, we can't, if that story is in the Bible and people learn how Jesus forgave this woman who was caught in the act of adultery, then people are just going to go around and commit adultery and it's going to get out of control. And so we can't have it in there. But if you look really at that story, Jesus is not soft on, on sin. He's not soft on adultery. He's just absolutely great at grace. I mean, and, and so they didn't understand the grace part. They didn't understand the love part. And when you read through that story, if you focus on what the Sadducees and the Pharisees did, and you focus on, on unanswerable questions like, where's the fell and all these kind of things, man, you, you lose sight of what matters in that story. Jesus wasn't soft on sin. Jesus is not soft on sin. If Jesus is soft on sin, then that was a horrible death on the cross for someone that's soft on sin. And so you have there a beautiful picture of grace. And so when, when you think about this, when you think about the expectation that there is, and we have learned in, in Romans chapter 8 in our study uh, that, that what Jesus did for us on the cross completely satisfies the, 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 the commands of the law. And so we have complete forgiveness through Christ. And when you look at James 2.10, that says, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails at just one point 
at one sin has just failed one time is guilty of all of it. So you have the Ten Commandments. And so you can say, I kept, I've kept all but one of the Ten Commandments. It's as though you've, you, you're guilty of all of them, of breaking them all. It says in, in, in the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. Have there been a time in your life that you've had other gods before God? Have you, uh, have you found yourself worshiping something that's not God? Have you struggled with something that's not God that you've given more devotion to, more time to, more honor to than you have God? If that is the case... And I'm, I'm quite certain it's probably most of our cases today. We need forgiveness. It's if you've made an idol for yourself. In our day and time, one of the idols that's really a problem is when, we, when our kids are idols. That's, that's going on today. When we make a job our idol, when we make a, a home our idol, when we make a banking account our idol, when we make some experience our idol. It's our idol. It's what we live for. It's what motivates us. It's what we trust in. And, and if you've had an idol in your life, if you've had an idol at one time in your life, if you've had only one idol in your life, if there's something that has control of your life and that something is not God, you have an idol. You need forgiveness because you're guilty of breaking all the commandments because you have an idol. It says the third one is don't take the Lord's name in vain. Now, this is far more than, than using cuss words about God in, in a fit of rage or anger or excitement or however that might be. It's about having contempt for God. It's about questioning what God has done. We take the Lord's name in vain when we go much like Job's friends did and much like Job did in that long, difficult story that we read in there. And when Job says, what's the deal? Where were you? Why didn't you take care of me? Why did this happen? What I didn't do anything wrong. How come I'm experiencing it? Do you know what you're doing? Anytime you have that mindset, you have that thought, you sin. Anytime you have an action that you don't think God knows what he's doing. Man, that you need forgiveness. And... and who hasn't thought, God, do you know what you're doing? Why did this happen? Why is that taking place? Why this pain? Why this illness? Sure, we've all had those thoughts. It may be a fleeting thought. It may catch us off guard. But we've all sinned by, by questioning God. We take the name of the Lord in vain. When we, we, we go carelessly without faith in God when we go carelessly without any concern for His holiness and righteousness. We, we, we literally take the Lord's name in vain. Vain being empty, right? Not important, not significant. When we fail to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, that we don't reserve the day of worship to be completely His. You know, when we abuse it, we need forgiveness. When we don't honor our moms and dads, honor means that we give them weight. We listen to what they've they got to say. Now, we get sidetracked with that. It tells us we need forgiveness. Honoring your mother and father, you can honor your mother and father and not do what they say to do when they're wrong. When they're wrong. But you can still honor them. Honor means you give them 
respect. You give them weight. They're your, when you honor someone, that word means weight on a scale. And so you honor your parents. It is important to God that His children honor their parents, respect them, trust them, uh, and, and they have tremendous influence in their lives. Don't murder. Don't murder. Most of us, when we go through the Ten Commandments, we, we, you know, we, we're squirmish on these things, but when you said don't murder, hadn't murdered anybody. Got that one. Yep. In case you're wondering, I haven't murdered anybody, Lee. Oh, then we read the words of Jesus. Oh. He says, you've heard it said that you shall not commit a murder, but I say, if you even consider it, oh, if you call, if you get so angry that you call someone rock a fool, and rock a fool is one of the worst things you can call someone in the language of the day. It's, it's having complete contempt for them. You know, it's, it's whatever, whatever that word, whatever that term is, that is the worst thing that you can call someone. It comes from the, the pits of vile and, and contempt and condemnation and, and just hatred, whatever that word, whatever that term is. You're nothing but a Okie from Muskogee. Ah, that goes right to the heart. Yeah, no good scoundrel. You bet. That's, that's murder. And so, huh, I, thought, I, I thought at least I hadn't murdered anybody. You thought about it? Oh, yeah, I've thought about it. I sure have thought about killing someone time or two. Haven't you? Come on. Don't. Go ahead. Yeah, you have. You're lying. That's sin. You need forgiveness. Yeah. The world sure be a nicer place without that old boy in it. Murder. Don't commit adultery. Ah, oh, not me. I stand before you innocent. Jesus has some words for us. Have you thought about it? Oh, have you had lust? Have, have you seen a pretty lady or a pretty fella? And you just, did you get carried away? Oh, now she's pretty. He, he's quite attractive, isn't he? That's quite a fine looking young man right there. Sin, we need forgiveness. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. If, if we're going to be honest with ourselves and we look at those Ten Commandments, and if James' words are truly the words of our Lord, which I believe they are, that if you fail at just one point, you're guilty of all of it. What I leave with for my own self in looking at the Ten Commandments is, I sure do need forgiveness. Because I am guilty of breaking them all. I'm guilty of breaking every single one of these. I need forgiveness. You need forgiveness. I have some good news for you today. There is forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin, here's how most people say today that they have no sin. Look, I I just don't believe in this sin thing. I don't believe in the consequences of it. I don't believe in this judgment thing. And let me tell you something else. I'm just as good as half of the church-going people that I know. Deceiving yourself. If that's you, if that's, if that's your friend, they're deceiving themselves. That's not true. That's a dangerous thing to say. They're saying that, they may be saying, I have sin, but I don't have sin to that degree. I don't have sin that i got to be concerned about it. I don't have sin to the point that I need to get all religious about it. That I need to get all churchy about it. That I ought to get up early. You know, I'm, I'm, look, my sin is, is average at best. I'm, I'm not a great sinner, uh, but I'm not a small sinner. I'm just kind of medium. I don't need to do business about my sin. The Word says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That's a deception. Who deceives? Satan does. Satan loves for people to walk around going, I don't have any sin, or I don't have any sin to worry about, or I'm better than most of the people, and so I'm okay. That's deception. If we don't believe in sin, that's deception. Pick up a psychological journal today, read a book about counseling, things like that. They will say there's no such thing as sin, but there is behavioral things or there's environment issues that make people the way they are. And so in, in most counseling situations in psychology, the world out there today is you can fix the symptoms or you can try to fix the symptoms, but you can't fix the problem. And that's the heart because they won't deal with the sin issue that is, that is causing those symptoms to be present. In every sin that's manifesting itself out there, there's only one answer to it, and that is the touch of the Master, grace, unconditional love, just like the words Jesus spoke to that woman caught in adultery. Very clear. Where are your accusers? Nowhere, Lord, no one, Lord, they're not here. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let's not get back into this. Go and live free of adultery. That's what he told her. Don't don't commit this sin anymore. Find you a fella that'll love you for you. Find you a fella. If that fella sets you up in this trap, find you one that's going to adore you and love you and, and, and not mistreat you this way. That's what Jesus said to her. That's what Jesus said to her. And if if you don't take seriously sin, you are deceived. So verse 8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, the truth being Jesus Christ. Verse 9, If we confess our sins, if we confess... That's, a, that's an interesting term, confess. Here's what it means in this biblical sense here. It means that we agree with God about our sin. That's what it means. I confess my sin. I agree with God about my sin. I agree with God that my sin is against God. 
It's not me just feeling sorry about getting caught. It's just not me not wanting to experience the consequences of my sin. But I confess that I have sinned against God. That's what it means to confess. Here's how we confess. We're convicted by the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit, based on what Romans chapter 3 says, no one sees after God, no one understands, no one does right, all are crazy, all are lost, all are this and that and the other. If, if, if you have the inkling of a thought, an awareness, an understanding that you have sinned, that's from the Holy Spirit. That's not from you. That's not from your decency. That's not from your morality. That's not with you being educated. That's not you being environmentalized. You know, that it, it, of course, parents probably think, you know, that's a, that's a, that is a result of what I've done. Well, you may have led them that way, moms and dads, but the bottom line is, if they do not understand that they have sinned against God, not just shame to being caught or guilty of getting caught or, or fear of what other people think about them, that they haven't experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the kid gets in trouble at school, steals something, got candy on the teacher's desk or something in the desk, and, and she went, goes to the bathroom. I don't know how I know this story so well. It must have happened somewhere. And she goes to the bathroom. He, little, little, little Lee slips in there and, and grabs some M&Ms out of her purse or whatever it is and sits down. And she comes down and she looks for M&Ms. He said, who took them? You know, and there's always that one girl that makes A's and everything. You know that rascal back there, Lieber. The one that lives on the other side of the railroad track shouldn't even be in our school. That one. Yeah, baby. Go down to the principal's office. I understand, Lee, that you stole uh, M&M's from Ms. Reed's purse in fourth grade in Glenmore Elementary School, St. Angel, Texas. Yes, sir, I did. Why did you do that? I was hungry. I don't know what I said. He's bend over. Boom! His name was Mr. Cook. Boom, boy. Three or four licks. One. I think he tried to nick me going out in the head. I think he did. So I take my note home, show my dad. Oh, son, you know, what I was, you know what I was most concerned with? Not stealing is, oh, it hurt. That's all I thought about. I, I wasn't convicted of the sin of stealing. I was convicted of the sin of them paddling me so hard. And that's not conviction of sin. Conviction of sin is when you realize that you're stealing is against God. And that's where the sorrow comes. The book of Corinthians tells us that there is a repentance of sorrow. And that is more, a grievous repentance is far more than just feeling sorry you got caught, but shame that you have broken what God wants for you. And so when we confess, we're under the conviction, the Holy Spirit tugs at our heart, and the Holy Spirit brings to us an awareness that we have sinned against God, and we grieve that we've sinned against God. Now, the word here says that if we confess our sins, we agree with God about our sins. Lord, I have had other gods before you. Lord, I have created for myself an idol. 
Lord, I have not kept the Sabbath day holy. Lord, I have taken your name and used it in an empty way, not with reverence over your name. Lord, I have, I have not honored my mother and dad. Lord, I have, I have committed murder in my heart. I've had contempt on people. Lord, I, I agree with you that I have committed adultery, my thought life, my, my, my dream world. I, I admit, Lord, Lord, I have stolen. I've stolen from the IRS. I've stolen from the teacher. I've stolen from my employer. I've stolen from my employees, whatever it might be. God, forgive me. I confess I have coveted what my neighbor has. I've coveted his machinery. I've coveted his cars. I've coveted his bass boat. I've, I've coveted something. I just drive by and look at it, and I just absolutely covet what that guy got. And, and before long, I just can't stand that guy. He thinks he's so much better than me because he's got that stuff and got that stuff. And man, need forgiveness. We confess. We agree with God about our sin. And it says, if we confess... So that's what we're going to do. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, camp on that for a moment. Are you too bad for God to forgive? No. Does the Bible tell us anywhere that He will forgive us if we will confess right here? You mean to tell me that all my sins can be forgiven? Yes. All your sins can be forgiven. Completely? Yes. What do I got to do? Confess our sins. That's what we do. And, and, and a part of that is believing. Part of that is trusting. Part of that is being broken. Part of that is being under conviction. And part of that is repenting. All those come together and make a whole. If we confess our sins, He, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. We sure do need forgiveness. Every single one of us. Whether you realize it or not, there's not one person sitting here that doesn't need forgiveness. We've all sinned at least at one point. Some more than others, but we're all sinners. The Bible tells us we're all sinners. Mo you know, people go through life not agreeing with that, but we are all sinners. Every single one of us are sinners, and we need forgiveness. Holy Spirit speaking to you today. Is it tug? Is He's tugging on your heart, saying, "Confess. Walk away from the shame." Walk away from the guilt. Repent. Man, you've allowed things to develop in your life. You've allowed the devil to get a foothold in, in the door of your life. You've allowed a bitterness to grow. You've allowed a resentment to grow. You've allowed a broken relationship to fester and grow. And because you're not willing to confess to God that you have sinned, and repent of those sins and have an about face and live a new life in Jesus. You're experiencing the consequences of sin. Of sin. But if you will confess your sin, He is faithful 
and just. He will forgive us of our sins and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just between you and the Lord. If you need to close your eyes, please do. If you need to come to the altar, please do. If you just need it, you know, just a few moments. What's the Holy Spirit saying? What's the Holy Spirit talking to you about today? Holy Spirit making you aware of sin. Holy Spirit revealing to you that all is not in step between you and the Father today because of sin. And that fellowship needs to be restored from your part. There needs to be confession, admitting, agreeing with God about your sin. There needs to be repentance. So as the Holy Spirit tugs on your heart, confess all known sin right now. Confess all known sin. Confess all sin to Him. The sin that He's making you aware of right now. And Lord, you know, the sin that I've forgotten, that I've, that I've calloused over, that I'm not quite sure is there. Lord, forgive us. Confess all known sin. Get rid of anything that gets between what God wants in your life. Just right now, choose that you're just going to turn it loose of it. Whatever it is. It may be a sin. It may be an idol. It may be thoughts. It may be practices. It may be a, a bitterness, a resentment, a grudge. It may be something that you're just holding on to. Be ready to obey the Holy Spirit immediately. Obey the Holy Spirit immediately. Man, it's a beautiful place to be that you detest your own sin like God does. You detest disobedience like God does. And, and you just want to please Him so bad that you are absolutely willing any prompting of the Holy Spirit, you're going to obey immediately. And confess Christ publicly. We saw baptism today. Perhaps you need to be baptized to profess Christ publicly. Now there are people that don't know that you're a believer. Profess Christ publicly. Let everybody in your world know that you believe in Jesus. The angel told Mary and Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb, go and tell he's risen. What a great opportunity you have this week. Open someone's conference door at work and say, he is risen. <laughs> he's alive. Go and tell. Profess Christ publicly. And watch the Holy Spirit renew your life. Confess all known sin. Get rid of anything that's in the way. Be ready to obey the Holy Spirit immediately. And confess Christ publicly. Ask for forgiveness.
confess your sin today. He is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness.